The portion of God's Word that we'll focus our attention on for a few minutes this evening comes from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 43. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. This is the word of our God. Let's pray. Lord, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Amen. A lot has changed in the last year, hasn't it? We gathered here last year on Wednesday, November 27th. A few days later, Saturday, November 30th, was the Christmas Fest. We gathered together with a whole bunch of our brothers and sisters and, and hosted a, a big party, a big event for our, our neighbors in the Bay Area. Do you remember what happened that night? Into the morning of December 1st? A real big snowstorm. And what you may or may not remember is that that morning, Sunday, December 1st, was the first morning that we threw a laptop up on top of the, alt, uh, of the organ back there and, and tried live streaming worship. I know for a fact that some of you watched online that day because you couldn't make it to church and I looked at Facebook this morning and your comments are still there below the video giving feedback. <laughs> the sound was terrible, you couldn't hardly hear anything. We worked on it and it got a little better and a few weeks in, what started as a shot in the dark on a snowy day when we knew a lot of our people couldn't get here, turned into a congregational-wide effort to redo the sound system and install cameras and have a live stream service. And there's some people at home right now worshiping with us. We had all sorts of reasons for wanting to do that. This was not one of them. Not one of us saw this coming. You could look at something like that and say, man, we were, we were really thinking. Well, it snows a lot here, and we wanted to make sure that when it snowed, people could, could watch and hear God's word from home. We weren't thinking about a pandemic. And my, how things have, have changed. Two months of staying home, kids finishing a school year at home, many still going to school at, at home. A lot has changed. 
things have been taken away that maybe you were really thankful for last year and, and who knows if they'll, they'll ever come back. It would not at all be difficult for you to find yourself this Thanksgiving focusing on the things you don't have and the things that you wish you still had but no longer do. That temptation is, is not just something that, that kids struggle with. It's something that I'm guessing you're struggling with right now and maybe for you the temptation has become reality. Have you ever noticed that with little kids, when one blessing is taken away, it's almost as if they're blinded to all the other blessings they have. They've completely lost sight of everything else good in their life. This one thing, whether it was taken away, consequences because of their sin, or they just lost it because they live in a sinful world. It doesn't matter what the blessing was. When a child loses a blessing, it's like all the other blessings are gone. And and so one of the best things a parent can do, you may know this already, is to take that child who's blinded on their lap and gently, patiently begin to remind them of all the other blessings that they still have. You could kind of think of this book that we've been reading, this sermon series that we've been going through as the father setting us on his lap and reminding us of everything we have right now. All the blessings that we have in this life. We have God. We spent a lot of time that first week talking about who our God is. This big, awesome, powerful God who fills all things whose glory fills the earth. We have examples of his goodness and his mercy all around us every single day. The God who took on flesh to be our savior. We always have God. Took us to our second word, is, right? This incredible concept that that God, he's always been. He is now and he always will be. It's a mind-boggling concept, but it's a good thing for us to remember that God is not temporary like us. He's enduring. His love, it doesn't fade away like our love. His blessings, they they don't fade away like our blessings. They, They endure. He's always here. He's not way over there, a distant God who's really big and really powerful and always existing but way far away and not caring about us. No, he's, he's here. Present with you right now. And we reviewed how that should terrify us because of our sin. Because sin separates. It, it destroys relationships. It, it separates us from God. But we have a relationship with God now because of Jesus. Because God, in his infinite wisdom, chose to save us so that we could have a relationship with him. He sent his son to live here in this horrible place where things can flip on a dime and everything can change, where someone that you love who who is alive and well is gone the next moment, where governments can flip, where tragedies happen every day, Where pandemics can change everything, he came here, into this world. He walked among us. He 
He lived in our shoes and never sinned, not once. He endured the, the punishment that our sins deserve on the cross. He suffered the hell, the separation from God's love and mercy that we deserve. He suffered that so that we could be forgiven. Why? So that God is here would not terrify us anymore. So that we could be in God's presence and enjoy it and love it and be blessed by it and not terrified by it. And tonight, we're going to sit on the lap of our Heavenly Father one more time. And we're going to focus on these words from Isaiah chapter 43. And we're just going to listen to our Father remind us of all the blessings that we have in this life so that we don't make the mistake of little children and because some things have been taken away from us this Thanksgiving, become blinded to all the blessings that we do have. And so take a listen again to what our God says. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. That's powerful stuff. This big, awesome, powerful God who created the universe who created humans, who formed each and every one of us in our unique, different ways, who saved us from our sins. He says, you are mine. He claims you as his own. You're you're his child. He assured you of that the day you were baptized. When you were born into his family, right? Into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's just like when your parents wrote their last name on your birth certificate and said, you are mine, (laughs) you belong to me. That's what God did for you at your baptism. You are mine, says your God. That never changes. No matter what happens in the world, you belong to your heavenly Father. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. So, so when those crazy, unexpected things come, when the world gets flipped upside down, when tragedy strikes you personally, when tragedy strikes all of us, God says, I will be with you. Promise always will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You know what I thought of as I was reading this? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember how confident they were when the king was threatening to throw them into a blazing furnace if they didn't bow down and worship the idol? This was written before that. I bet you they were thinking of this first. Because they said to the king, our God is able to rescue us from your furnace. But if he does not, we're not going to worship your gods anyway. But I wonder if they were thinking of this promise. Saying, well, God said the the fire's not going to burn us. It's not going to set us ablaze. God literally kept this promise for those three men, didn't he? Going through incredible trials, incredible tragedies, whatever it may be, God's promise is to be with you, to be with me. For I am the Lord, your God. That's cool. Your God. The Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I'm the one who's going to rescue you. I promise. 
These next few verses get a little strange. I'll do my best to explain them to you. He says, I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight. And because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. I don't want to forget to circle back and focus on the beautiful stuff. So I'm reminding myself right now to circle back and focus on the beautiful stuff. But this detail about Cush and and Seba and, and Egypt, the peoples that God is going to give in exchange, immediately following this context, do you know how the Israelites were going to be freed from Babylon? You might remember it was the Persians, right? Cyrus, king of Persia, came in and defeated the Babylonians. You know where the Persian army went next? Egypt, Cush, and Seba. It seems what God is saying to his people is, you're going to be freed and I'm I'm basically going to put other people into captivity and you're going to be freed. It's kind of a tough thing to, to wrap our minds around. What is God saying? Focus on the beauty. What does he say? I am the Lord your God. You are Savior. You are precious. I love you. The God of heaven and earth says to his people who are about to go into exile in Babylon and to you and to me, no matter what you're going to go through in this life, I'm the Lord your God, your Savior, you are precious to me. I love you. That's God the Father saying that to you. Picture your little son or daughter all upset about losing this one particular blessing and one of the things you get to remind them of is, You still have me. I love you. I'm here for you. As long as God lets me be on this earth, I'm going to be here and take care of you. I love you. Now ratchet that up a notch. This is not a parent who, who could die saying that to their child. This is the almighty, everlasting, eternal God saying to you, you are precious to me. I love you. How cool is that? Do not be afraid. For I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you up from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. And so God says, don't be afraid. He says, he will be with you Always. The same thing Jesus said as he ascended back into heaven to his disciples, right? And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is God's promise to you today. It's his promise to you forever. He will always be with you here in this life and forever in heaven. And how can you be certain that you are who he's talking to? He reminds you one more time. You are called by my name. God says, I put my name on you, and so you belong to me. You are called by my name. You are the ones your God is talking to tonight. (laughs) How cool is that? (laughs) You know, you got to go back a ways in history to find a time when people saw things change this much in a year. But your God won't change. He hasn't changed over the last year 
and he's not going to change next year, no matter what happens. And so as you gather around your, your Thanksgiving table, whether it's with less people than you'd like or with everybody that you'd like, remember who your God is. Maybe pull this out and, and, and mark some of the specific details about who God is. Remember that the God who created you is here and the God who formed you is here and the God who redeemed you is here. Remember that God promises to be with you through all the hard times. Remember that your Savior is here. The one who calls you precious is here. The one who loves you is here. So do not be afraid. For God, God is with you. And that is something to be thankful for. Amen.